today? Uh, good. Just coming off the 4th of July weekend. I know. Yeah. And as we <laughs> are speaking, the women are playing. The U.S. team is playing against, is it Netherlands? Yeah. For the yeah. championship. So they probably, at this time, it's probably being determined who the winner is so we have no idea and i don't want yeah. anybody to tell us until oh. i get done because you've got it taped i want to watch the game but anyway <laughs> we're here to talk about what's the name of our podcast again uh, it's mostly just different and and what what does it mean because you know you have to explain it yeah well in all this uh attempt to have people learn new and better communication with each other um, it's mostly just different is realizing that yes, there are extremes of right and wrong on things, you know, that something can absolutely be an absolute right and something can be an absolute wrong. However, most of our dialogue, things lie in between those two extremes. Mm -hmm. And if you can listen with an ear that just says, what I'm hearing from this other person is just different than what maybe I see or feel. Not that it's wrong. You know, in other words, that you're wrong for thinking or feeling this way. And you and I have been talking about ways that people can learn how to do that, have that better communication. And so for me, it's just literally... It's mostly just different that what I'm going to hear from you may be different than what I think or feel. And if I get it into that, no, Isabel's wrong, then that's no, a whole not. other, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other, um, it's not even a dialogue. What happens there is the communication just stops. Breaks down. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. And we just want people to know that, um, this is not therapy, right? Oh, no, this is, uh. Hopefully, skills and you know new tactics, communications skills that they can pick up on if they want to learn how to resolve conflict. And yes, you know, um, I I have some skills in that area, being a therapist, and um, and we're not uh, you know dispensing advice that people you know if it goes against something that, that possibly they're working on in their life or whatever that they should you know stay connected to whoever they may be talking to and hopefully they just hear what we have to say as something that uh, oh okay this is you know something uh, value advice uh, what have you yeah and if it fits for you yeah try great it out. great yeah. If not, yeah. you don't yeah. have to. Right. But hopefully it's a little bit of information and hopefully a little bit of entertainment value. I don't know. Are you a funny guy, Tom? Uh-huh. Can we move on? No. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, let's move on then. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about communication way back when we talked last. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about today is that you want to talk about grounding points. And um, let's just go back and review that when we're talking in communication, you've got two people maybe on opposite ends of the spectrum or have a disagreement or whatnot. And so one person is talking and you have a person that's listening. And so these grounding points are for listeners, correct? Do you yeah. remember? Yes. And um, we were using some simple examples last time. I think you had mentioned the issue of just uh, somebody forgetting to put gas in the car and, oh, you yeah. know, and 
And the point we were trying to make off of that, even though it was simplistic in nature, the the conflict, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, we were making two points. First, identifying that something could just be an isolated event, which you have a dialogue and there's communication. The person goes, oh yeah, I spaced out, whatever. And, you know, and it doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you have it where, gee, yeah, you've brought it to the person's attention, but it's still coming back up. It's still repeating itself, no matter how much they may have apologized and said, oh yeah, I won't do that. Now it's becoming more of an issue. And at that point, what we were trying to use off of that was, to say, even though you're talking about something seemingly simple as you know, gas in the car, did you put gas in the car? When something's repetitive, when even though it seems simple, it then starts to tap into some little deeper stuff for the person that's feeling, let's call it the disrespect, if you will. And so we were talking about moving into that and having that dialogue in which to how to really resolve something that now has become an issue and how's the best way to do that and knowing that people are going to be defensive, that that's the premise that people almost, I I said last time, I, I can't believe how defensive we are. Okay, so whether it's about something that might be, seems as insipid as forgetting to put gasoline in the car, to talking about major conflicts between you and your partner, or whether it be having a discussion about um, the political agenda today, um, as a listener, what are my ground rules that I need to know so that I can maintain my level-headedness I don't personalize it. I'm able to stay in the moment and listen and actually empathize and hear what the person is saying. Correct. So what are my what are my grounding points? <laughs> well, some of them we got into last week, um, and then uh, since we last met, you know, a couple more came up for me that I talked to people about, and we were using it as an example, you know, again, starting with a couple, you know, like they're having some dispute about something. And so um, I know last week we emphasized a lot, and what I tell people is that, um, uh, or last time we talked, I shouldn't say last week, uh, that the use statement, so that's just a given, right? That we've talked about this before. We've gone into this, that when you're the listener and this person begins to speak, I just tell people, assume you're going to hear you in this, when they start to talk, that they're going to reference you as they're talking about the thing that's bothersome to them or problematic to them. And so, uh, don't, get defensive when you hear the you like well you Isabel said this did that you know whatever um and when you hear it you Isabel is a listener and you kind of go wait a minute I'm being misconstrued here I need to correct this I need to you know I tell people you want to shut down resolution to the discussion instantaneously then respond to the you you know, as soon as you hear it, because then the conversation is over. It's now going to be, I have to defend myself here in the you statement, or you have to defend yourself here in the you statement. I'm going to push back and say, no, 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 no. Yes, you did. You did say this. You did, you know, 
and we're done. We're not going to get this done. So hold, hold on to that. <clears throat> I recognize that I'm going to hear a lot of you statements. The ones that I love to hear that I just have to bring up is the I statements that start out as I but end up as you. And the classic example is, I feel really horrible when you, <laughs> and then now it's a you statement. So I think it's really important to remember that those I statements can become you statements and to not, how do we put it, react to them. You know, even like how do you set it aside, know that you're going to hear the you's and that you're going to be the bad guy or a bad girl. I don't know. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, you're, th that's a classic one, which you just referenced, um, that, that happens. I tell people, you know, I statements are great and you can learn them later on. If you can handle the you statements now in real time conversation and be able to listen and work through that, you're home free on everything else. You know, I think along <clears> with that, because you have another grounding point, but I think hearing the you statement is to realize that when the other person is talking, even though it may be a use statement, recognize that it's the other person's perception of what happened. It's how the other person sees it. And it's not how you see it. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to make that distinction. Let them talk about their perception. But remember, once again, it's their perception, mm -hmm. not your perception. And their perception isn't necessarily the only one there. Right now, you did a nice tie into another grounding point, which is the perception thing. Uh, you did it. You said it very well. Is is that? Yeah, you are hearing this person's perception of how they experienced what was going on or what's been going on. And yes, you may have it as the listener. You may have a different perception, and you do about what happened or what's going on. And that realize that okay. This is this person's perception, not mine. And validating their perception does not mean agreement. It just means I understand how this was for you. Empathetically understand how this was for you. And so, and if you as the speaker get that from me as the listener, then you're going to be feeling like you were heard. It's like, oh, okay, he's really hearing me. You know, and you're going to proceed on. Um, and many times, these grounding points that we're going over, they all roll right into each other. They support each other. Yeah, they do. Because you know? when we realize that it's their perception, and really our role is just to be empathetic, it goes into another point, which is to validate a person's anger or whatever it is that they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Because then the person feels like they're being heard. So. Right. Well, if, if it's anger that the person is expressing, validate that. If it's fear, validate that. If it's anxiety, validate that. But by validating doesn't mean that they're right, and it doesn't mean that you necessarily agree with it. Yeah. And what you're you're talking about is another grounding point. Is most people will start when they're trying to work something out that's bothersome to them. They'll express some level of anger, irritation, frustration. I tell people when you hear any of those, because some people say, well, I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. And I go, it's a lower level of anger. Okay. They're all kind of in the anger boat. I'm just really irritated. Yeah, that's anger too. You know, you want to say, and, and but I don't quibble with people. All right, call it anger, call it frustration, call it irritation. They're all in the same boat. 
And so, just um, remember, you know, it's just like what part <clears throat> of the boat you're on, okay? You yeah. know, starboard, whatever. You well, know. yeah, I, I need to tell you, and maybe, uh, and this would be for both men and women, some people that are, you know, we've talked about conflict avoidance, is what they'll do is a- saying angry or I'm pissed off or, you know, is scary for them because they don't want the other person to react to that. You know, if I tell you that I'm really pissed off or angry at you as my opening, right? Um, you know, it might scare you away. You might, you might push back cause you hear that and you want to defend, or you might walk out of the room and say, I can't handle your anger, you know, and this is, you know, out you go. And so some people don't want to say I'm angry at you. Well, I get really frustrated or, you know, I get so irritated, you know, and then those are lower level, like people maybe can hang in there, you know, if they hear frustration or irritation versus, man, I'm pissed off or angry or livid or, you know, whatever. And so that's why I tell people, you know, I'm not going to get on them and, you know, you know, you really need to pump this up and say how angry you are. (laughs) It's just fine. But realize, d- don't try to make the distinction that there's a real difference between, you know, like being angry, frustrated, or irritated. It's like, yeah, you a little bit, but it's like they're all in the same boat, you know. Okay, it's they're awful. all in the same boat. I kind of disagree because, you know, you got a spectrum for a reason. Like anger mm-hmm. is like this full-blown mm-hmm. emotion where people will lose control of their senses or whatnot. We're irritated. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of touching the skin, kind of an irritation, but it's not the type of thing where I need to get full blown angry about. Right. Or frustrated. Yeah, I'm closer to, to getting angry, but I'm frustrated in that the fact that I'm still trying to figure out a coping mechanism uh, in terms of how to discuss something with you or dealing uh, with my irritation level. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to lose control of myself and just, you know, be completely out of control with my anger so i mean i I just i'm disagreeing Mm -hmm. you know that i think it's on a continuum but it is a part of the boat well yeah no it is it i'm not saying it's not on part of the continuum i'm just saying that most people will want to separate it out like they don't even want it attached to angry Uh, you know and and i go no no it's in that boat it's in that angry boat it's not yeah (laughs) and and then the, the little side thing that i said though is I again just reemphasizing some people are afraid to express their anger and so they use lower level language rather than where they're really at and I encourage people that it's not you know they don't have to start throwing stuff at somebody but it's it, it, it's like um you're really ang- you, you're not frustrated mm-hmm. you're really angry about this mm-hmm. you know and, um, and yeah, people, a lot of people are afraid of letting themselves be angry, you know? And so, um, I, I'm, that's why I always prep people to be prepared for angry. Okay. If you hear frustration or irritation, fine, you know, that's you know, a little on the spectrum lower, mm-hmm. but just really be able to handle when somebody says they're angry. If you can handle that, then yeah, frustration, irritation, piece of cake, you know, in, in some ways. Um, so that works. Okay. So validate anger and be prepared for it. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's really important is, um, not to get stuck in the detail or the facts, stay with the motion that the person is emoting, if you will, you know, so in other words, 
kind of like uh, when you realize that it's their perception and not yours. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know how sometimes we get, no, it didn't happen like that. We did this and it happened before this happened, not after that happened. Right. So that's important not to get stuck in details and the fact, just stay with the emotion that the person is expressing. Right, right, right. You, uh, last time we spoke, we, we broke into that too, is just that, you know, we used a quick example just of somebody listening and then they throw in something that, you know, it's like, if I'm just tracking the data that you're telling me about your experience, Mm -hmm. then I'm probably, and I have a high alert for it then the moment your data doesn't match up with my data in my head about, you know, what happened, then yeah, that's my moment to um, go ahead and stop you. And I got to correct you, you know, while you're speaking to me. And then we're pretty much done once I go there because Mm -hmm. um, in your mind, you're going to stay locked down on, nope, you were standing there, you were doing this. And now we're going to have that and this conversation is over, mm-hmm. you know, because um, that's what we're going to do. And what I tell people is, again, because so many people are conflict avoidant, in, in other words, being afraid of it, that unconsciously what we do, that part of that radar is it's easier for me to listen to the data than to listen to your feelings. And so... And this is uncomfortable for me as the listener. And so the, if I lock on to a data point with you that doesn't jive with you know what I think happened and I stop you and say something, all I'm doing is recreating the experience that you and I keep having, which is the conversations break down and we don't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And And what that does for both of us, if we're both conflict avoidant, is oh, well, we have the familiar experience where the conversation breaks down and so there we go, another crappy exchange because, as you know, tracking the feelings in a conversation is all about vulnerability, you know, in that you're going to expose yourself in a vulnerable way to me and the fear is I'm going to hurt you with that data or that that emotion that you give me. That somehow I'm going to use it against you, ignore it, Mm-hmm. you know, not give it importance. And so that's the risk that goes on there. And I'm just saying that that's where people get locked onto, you know, the the data stuff. They're waiting for it. Even though if you ask them, well, gee, did you like that crappy ending that you guys had in this, you know, um, trying to work it out? And they, no, no, God, that always happens and stuff. Yeah, but you're used to that, aren't you? That's, that's what's normal, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's always asking the people in a dialogue, are you willing to take a risk, right? Be vulnerable. And it leads into, this leads into another data point is going back to when you and I talked about the buttons, the emotional buttons that come out of, you know, I believe in a lot of family of origin experience. Well, as you're trying to empathetically listen as the listener, the other grounding point is remember you know, what your partner is reacting to as they're talking to you is their buttons have been set off. These buttons have been set off for them. And oh, by the way, remember, you didn't cause their buttons, right? Mm -hmm. You may have set them off, Mm -hmm. you know, 
and maybe most of the time, maybe inadvertently. And, and then emphasizing how powerful the buttons are that we're, we have such radar for that, that we're ready to react when our button gets pushed. And again, I just tell people that's a strong grounding point that, you know, look, you didn't cause this. Okay. They, your partner brought this to the relationship just as you brought your buttons to the relationship. Okay. They didn't happen when you two got together. And so again, you know, remember that as you're trying to empathetically listen through the you statements through, you know, I'm so angry at you, you know, all that stuff. So we're rolling all these grounding points, you know, they all, you know, they're all connected. Yeah, they are all connected. So I'm just going to repeat it. Just remember that you didn't cause the origin of the defense mechanism that the person may be expressing. Mm-hmm. So that while you didn't create the button, you may have pushed the button. So when you're listening to that, recognize that. And then the most important thing, and maybe you need to remind yourself of this several times while you're listening, remember that you'll get your opportunity to speak as well. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So there's equal time, yeah. my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you may have to remind yourself this at first, and then, you know, while you're remembering to validate somebody's anger. Just remember, you'll get your opportunity to speak. And when the person is like giving these facts and details and you're trying not to get stuck at them, you know, you're trying to stay with the emotion, remember that you'll get your opportunity to speak. Because mm-hmm. I think that's really important to remember. And sometimes we forget that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and we can't listen. You right. Because right. so we want to make sure we're going to be heard as well. Yeah. There's an impatience there. Like, wow, you're really talking a lot. When, gee, when do I get to go? And you, you make a good point because what can also happen, you can lose your focus listening to the person when you're now, if that thought comes into your head, like, well, when do I get to talk or whatever? you're going to lose your connection in terms of listening to the other person because now that thought's in your head rolling around like, well, when do I get to talk? And you're not hearing anything more that the person's having to say when you go there. And so, yeah, it, it takes an effort to really dial in, right, and want to hear the other person. And that also speaks to intention, right? We talked about that, you know, that the 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 intention is announced at the beginning of the conversation like i'm having this dialogue conversation with you because i'd like some resolution about this mm-hmm. or a compromise or you know I, I want something positive to come out of this yes this may be a difficult conversation however the intention is to be resolved and that's something also for both people to to remember but you, when you're concentrating on the the listener, and then you know, when do I get to talk? Mm-hmm. Um, is is that realize that this process is about resolution, you know? And so you do want to hear this person. And I mentioned in our last podcast too is is that when you get really good at this about being a good listener, is that um, what happens when you're really good? <laughs> Are you is that um, is that as I'm listening to you, Isabel, talk about this thing that's been going on between us and we're seeking that resolution. And you're referencing, say, the last time this happened or you know what, what occurred. If I'm doing a good job of hearing you, 
and understanding what happened for you, Isabel, in this experience that you're bringing up. And I'm paying attention to myself about, you know, okay, well, what happened for me? I may hear some things from you that I go, oh, wow, so that's how come she went down that road or made that comment or reacted like that. Huh, that, you know, I was thinking this whole other thing when she did that, you know. Now that I understand what was happening for her, gee, I have a better sense of how come I reacted the way that I reacted. So when it's my turn to talk, right, mm-hmm. um, I may very well, as I'm, you're listening to me, I'm able to drop into my response insight now about what happened for me based upon the information you gave me about what happened for you. And so I may put that into the response and I might say to you, you know, God, when I was listening to you and you said that, you know, you thought this was going on when I did that, wow, I realized that um, I, you know, if I would have known that, it would have been a different response. But gee, I was going down this road, you know, I, I was reacting this way when you said that. And, um, and I might even be speaking to you about, my own button at that point about what happened to me as you're listening. And two things happen with that. Um, I have a better understanding of what happened for me. And by hearing you and working that in, I've even reinforced all this wonderful listening that I did with you because you're now hearing me take your data and not just your data, but your experience. And I actually got some insight from it. And it's like, wow, he really was listening to me, you know? Um, and so all that good listening, the, the outcome is, is that if we both feel heard, we're going to want to go back to this experience about stuff, you know, um, like, wow, I was really heard here. And of course the end game, like we talked about last time is this just allows us to now move into how do we want to resolve this in the future? You know, what do we want to do differently? Yeah. And now we get to go there without all this junk in the way about reacting to what you said, I said, you know, all who's that. Who's wrong, who's right. It's right. more like, oh, let's just work on the problem now that we have a better understanding of what it is, right? Uh, yeah. And, Without uh, culpability. Yep. And I think you may have said this earlier in another podcast and stuff. I think we both have references. Well, it's kind of in our opening a little bit. The moment either you or I, in, in a disagreement about something or a, an issue between us, the moment one of us wants to make this about right or wrong, then yes, that conversation's over. Because now it's going to be about somebody's got to be wrong in this thing that happened. And we're not going to get anywhere That's with any of that. True. You and, know. <clears throat> which is a good segue to talking about our next subject. Mm-hmm. Closed systems. Because with so closed systems, if it's closed, somebody's got to be right and someone's got to be wrong, right? Yes. yes so... You know, because I am not a therapist, um, I'm going to ask that you talk about what a closed system is so that when we talk to our listeners, they have a better idea of what it is mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So what's a closed system? <laughs> well, it's it's uh, when I say it's a mixed bag, I say that in that um, you can experience closed systems uh, in different ways and different uh, experiences with people. So when I reference some of these, I, I, I'm not 
bringing them up to malign them like you know this is you know this closed system that i'm sort of referencing oh god this is so bad or evil or you know whatever however um you can even break it down too is 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 that um in a more regular basis people can find when they're in a closed system so so for instance you could take um so you and i are talking Right. Right. And now we're going to, and we encounter a closed system between us in the course of talking. Right. Well, what could happen is you can experience a closed system, let's say, and, and I'm not bringing these up in any order, you know, like one, the, for instance, you know, there's people that are extremely, let's say, religiously devout, right? Mm-hmm. And they, look at the world and the experiences that they have all through what's being told to them as to how to conduct your life and live accordingly and what have you. And that's what they believe and that's how they look at everything. And many times uh, a a threat, and I'm using this word lightly, to that system is even just a question of, you know, uh, clarity or, you know, well, what about? Um, and meaning that, well, uh, do you think that, you know, God would have done this if this or this happened and stuff? And so the person that's asking that person that believes that is trying to, you know, understand, like, I, I'm trying to, I don't know how that works. You know, I'm asking you this question and, and you and the person might say, "Well, you know, um, God has a plan, and that's the answer." You know, and uh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, how does that? How does God have a plan when this and this and this is happening? You know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, and the person just wants to stay on point and say, "Well, that just you just have to believe, and you know, God has a plan, and da 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 da." da. Well, you can keep going at it and asking more questions and that doesn't make sense and how does that, you know, all that. And now we're you know, now you as this person that is in this closed system, you're feeling attacked. You're feeling questioned. You're feeling like, you know, this person's trying to point out what's wrong with how you are. And and the closed system, you're not going to move off your responses. You're not going to say anything differently. And in fact, you just, why don't you go away? You know, in other words, I don't want to hear anything that you have to say. You're asking me to question what I believe in your questions. Well, my questions to you. And I think it's really important that we don't make it all religion-based. Yeah. There no. are some There's... charismatic leaders that have, you know, mm-hmm. devout followers. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm going to take a leap and say maybe some people would even consider Scientology a closed system, yep. if you will. Yep, yep. Um, and I'm trying to think of another example. Well, you're talking about what we call potentially cult. Cults, yeah. Cults you know. can be because those are very closed right. systems, a set pat mm-hmm. of rules, mm-hmm. and you can't deviate from them. And mm-hmm. to question the rules, mm-hmm. you would suffer um, being ostracized or just excommunicated right. out of that right. particular cult right. or Right. group if you will well in any time that you may hear somebody and maybe they're speaking for quite a few people and, and they're they tell you this is the way we do things around here so in other mm-hmm. words this system this is what it is 
and we're not moving off of it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute, I have a question for you about that. Now, this is, you know, this is how it is. And um, there, we're, we're not, you know, moving off of this position. Um, and so when you experience that, about people have just absolute beliefs about something, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just, nope, I'm not moving off of that. You can ask me question after question after question. And even if you're doing it just to try one, I'm trying to understand this, you know, and there's mm-hmm. parts of your system here that I don't, how does that work, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, So why, if so-and-so <clears throat> says this, does this happen? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm noticing this phenomenon. This is a mm-hmm. direct contradiction to what the Bible might say or what this cult might say or what this, right. you know, philosophy might want to say. And so now when well, you do that by questioning that, then you are actually challenging the very person's ego, if you will. Yeah, well, somehow if the person that's being asked the question personalizes it like they mm-hmm. you know like oh you're questioning me you mm-hmm. know i'm telling you what my beliefs are you know whatever you keep asking me these questions and uh now i feel like you know well you're saying that what i believe is wrong or wrong. you know you know whatever and stuff and so now i want to push away from you right i don't want anything to deal with you mm-hmm. i've answered your question i told you you know and so um, I think what's really interesting about these closed systems is that it sounds like there's a set uh, code of rules or written or unwritten or implicitly understood. And so what it does is it enables a person not to have self-determination in a way because everything can be answered by a rule or behavior can be prescribed by a rule. <laughs> and uh, to deviate that is to threaten the well-being mm-hmm. of this particular group. Right, and so then you, you could make the case that in closed system, there's always a fear element operating at the bottom of it, right? Or, or spider webbed in it. That um, I, I'm afraid of having to think or work through things for myself, you know, or to that uncertainty makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. What makes me secure is tell me how to do something, tell me what it is, and I'll just do it, and you know, give me the formula, and just operate like that, and now I feel secure. Problem is, is that when somebody outside of that system comes and asks a question or says, wait a minute, then it threatens that person, it does. and so they have to shut it down, you know, you have to push away. And then, as you know, most closed systems, the people in them, they all have to stay together. Mm-hmm. right definitely you know and so um and you can experience on you know, on all kinds of level levels you could be go to some small town and you know you're somebody from the outside and they say this is how we do things around here you know it's always been that way always will be that way closed system mm-hmm. right yeah. um and um Whether it be a small town <clears throat> or a religious group right or... and you mentioned too that it may not always be um overt um be overt um about a closed system mm-hmm. right that you just experience that you can't even get into a system right mm-hmm. um 
how do you get into the 1%? <laughs> okay. That's a closed system. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. and, um, and so they're, they're, they exist in all sorts of ways. You know, the, the moment that, you know, or bureaucracy, right? That's a closed system. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Definitely. like, and so, because what do you hear from the frustration of people when they want to question the insanity of some of the bureaucracy, but the bureaucracy's response is, well, that's just how we do things around here. In other words, here it is, you must do this and stuff like that. And people can get apoplectic trying to bump up against a closed system, you know? Um, oh, yeah, it can be very frustrating. Right. Yeah. You know, or it, even on a more personal level, you know, when you're told that, um, um, well, you know, let's say you get involved with somebody and their side of the family and maybe their mothers or fathers and their moms or dads are, well, that's just how mom and dad are and stuff. They don't do anything differently. And then you're kind of going, yeah, but that was rude or, you know, what, what they don't, you know, and stuff, you know, yeah, well, um, not going to change, you know, that's just how it is. Everybody just has to, you know, abide by it. Wow. Close system. Indeed. <laughs> you know? So it sounds to me like uh, this could almost be like a lesson in futility, but mm-hmm. but I hear that you have a wonderful method of uh, <laughs> being able to breach a closed system and get someone to talk and maybe, maybe look outside of it. Mm-hmm. And I see here that your solution to this is finding commonality. Mm-hmm. So what is that? When you're saying finding common, are you finding commonality about an emotion? Finding commonality about uh, something that you agree with? Um, what well, you know, you and I, the theme that's been running through is, is that um, a lot of it is that we, you got to be able to hear the emotions of somebody, not personalize it, right? Mm-hmm. And on a, so this, this falls into, we were talking about macro micro, this kind of closed system things falls into the macro thing mm-hmm. about the kind of things that we've been talking about how to communicate better. Mm-hmm. So what, what do we have as starting points? Well, we could keep it as simple as like, okay, well that's a fellow human being in front of me. Okay. So we have that in common, you know, that I'm entering this group a closed system or person that operates from a closed system and yeah i'm trying to have a dialogue i'm trying to come together about something and so if i just come right at it and say well that's ridiculous what you believe or you know whatever well we're we're done you know there's no inroads there and so where do i where do i experience the humanity of this person where do i see them in that way you know Mm -hmm. going in and so uh, part of what having a dialogue with them is, yeah, I have to be able to hear and validate their system, you know, what they, and, and just because I hear and validate it doesn't mean I'm in agreement with it. Like, oh, okay. And, and here's the beauty too about how you can maybe find an inroad with a closed system is to learn how to ask open-ended questions, Okay. That is so huge. And, you know, most of us have totally forgotten to use that as adults. And yet, you know, I, my, my example metaphor for that, maybe I've mentioned this before, is the open-ended questions are who, what, when, where, and how come. Not why, 
because why puts people on the defense? You know, people feel they got to explain themselves when they hear why, but how come? And then anywhere in there, when you get hear them respond to those, you're always prepared to ask them as they share something, well, gee, how did you feel when that happened? And so as they're telling their story, you can get people to tell you their whole story by just utilizing those simple questions. And how powerful are they? Here's your example. Go to any library that has a children's section in it and then maybe inquire and say, you know, many times in the children's section in the library, they're going to have a storyteller come in. Or you can use the example of the storyteller that comes into grade school. Okay. You know, but anyway, we'll go to the, the, the library. And so you got a four, five-year-old, six-year-old sitting on their butt, listening to this storyteller. And as the storyteller starts to unfold the story, what's happening with the kids in the audience? Eyes are open. They're listening. What happened next? Where did they go? When did that happen? Who was there? You know, the, they're asking all the open-ended questions. Tell me more of your story. I want to hear more of it. Who else was there? What happened next? When did this happen? Okay. And when you do that, you know, you ask those questions you're learning more about who this person is. And in, as they unfold their story, you might find more connection points about, you know, like, oh, wow, they had that experience as a, I had that experience as a kid. They start to get humanized a little bit more. Um, and you're listening to this. And so this closed system that you came into, you're now finding that, you know, hey, I actually have a few things in common with you on some level as I'm, excuse me, listening to your story unfold. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking those questions. Because as adults, what do we usually hear when somebody starts to say something about themselves? Most responses are, hey, yeah, that happened to me once. You know what? When it happened to me, you know, I was over in Hawaii. Um, boy, I got to tell you, it was really cool. You know, well, here, here's this person maybe sharing something that's going on in their life. And what do most people do is hijack that and say, well, yeah, I, that happened to me once too. And um, there's no fleshing out of, you know, wow, well, what happened next? Or where did you go? Or, you know, whatever and stuff. And when you ask those questions, people just open up. And then... In there, you find your connection points when you hear more of their story. And that's one of the ways in a closed system about, well, where can I connect here? And I, you and I were talking, you know, off air b before that one of the ways that people come together almost naturally is sometimes in a natural disaster. In a crisis. Yeah. You know, it's like um, all the right and wrong or closed system stuff's out. It's like, wow, do you need a blanket? Do you have to, you know, you need some water? <laughs> I mean, I mean think some... about the people that have been affected by the earthquake in yeah. the south right now. Yeah. I'm sure they're not talking about They're not talking about politics. They're not talking about politics. They're talking and they're figuring out how are they going to get on? How mm -hmm. are they going to move on from this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And so, so I think that's the, you know, the primary entry point, you know, in terms of a closed system. Um, is to, can I go in with a sense of curiosity? Can I, because if I go in with 
that's batshit crazy what you believe, man. You know, Jesus, let me point it out to you. And then let me hit you with some logic here, you know, like, you know, and the science, let me hit you with the science, you know, that this is, you know, mm. you, you can't say or believe that because da, 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 da. Well, I might be right. Okay. And I think the thing, <clears throat> though, about talking with someone who is working within a closed belief or a closed system belief is that you would want to discuss or have a discussion with someone that is willing to look at things, not mm-hmm. someone that's firmly entrenched in their cl- closed system. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you about their feelings about it. Yeah, you know, pontificate but is not interested in hearing what you have to say. That would not be a productive conversation. And and what you're saying is, yes, you can very well, even though I just talked about maybe a way to do that, Mm -hmm. is you could be encountering somebody like you just described Mm -hmm. that they're just locked down. There is no interest in, you know, hearing, well, what about you? Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be the second part of it. Like when I was talking about a closed system is, is, is that, yeah, that can they do the same? Can they flip it and want to ask you about you? Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, how come you either think, believe, or what your experience has been. And I think too, it's okay to, you know, op- start with a closed system by asking the question up front and say, Hey, you know, can we have a discussion about this, that the intention here is to try and find some ways that we can come together, you know, that that's our, what we're trying to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And if the person signs on for it yeah. and says, yeah, mm-hmm. well, cause I think otherwise the only way that you could possibly work with a person that in addition, that is working within their closed belief system, if you will, and maybe their mind is a little bit closed, is in empathizing with them, just asking a few or making a few insightful comments that would actually jar them and and force them to think outside of their their Mm -hmm. box, if you will, you know? Well, one of the things that can do that, what I want to say is like um, unconsciously, I guess, is when I was talking about if you ask the questions as you're listening, and that insight moment that you just talked about. So you tell me something about, you know, your experience. I'm asking you these open-ended questions and you're telling me more about you. And, you know, and like I said, I could hear where you're at with something. And, you know, you weren't born out of the womb like this, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the uh, open-ended questions is say, well, gee, Isabel, how, how did you come to this place? I mean, when did you first have this awareness that you felt so strongly about this or, you know, whatever? And then you're going to tell me that story about how you got there. Okay. And so, um, as I hear you get me there and you tell that story and then I'm hearing parts of it, if I stop and ask you along the way and say, wow, Isabel, how did you feel when that person said that to you or, you know, whatever, as I'm hearing your story. And then you tell me some more about that. Um, just by asking you that many times gets you to have this, I'm going to say an unconscious awareness of like, oh yeah, that, that really did suck me going through that process in order to get there and stuff like that, you know? And in that, by asking you that, 
I may be sitting over here about hearing your experience and what you believe and thinking that, I don't know, that it's uh, not very humanistic or, you know, whatever about what you believe. But then by me asking you a feeling question in one of those points, I'm raising the issue of the humanity of that moment for you mm-hmm. and that you... Wow, you you had a you had an experience right there where you were treated in an inhuman way and stuff like that. But your belief system may come across as unhuman. But then by me asking you that, you might have an awareness of like, oh yeah, that was inhuman that happened to me. Yeah, you know. And I, I think another example of that is something that I read, um, and this this gentleman wrote about his experience about how um, he was not. Um, Put it to put it easily, he was not uh, pro gay rights or whatever. He had, you know, very closed mind in terms about thinking about mm-hmm. gay and lesbian people and rights and privileges that they should have. And he's a black man. And so what happened was he was talking to a friend, and the friend made the statement of um, asked him about how it felt to be discriminated against as a black man. They were in the course of that. And the friend just made this little insightful comment about how other people are experiencing this as well. You know, gay and lesbian people for no fault of their own, just like the gentleman through no, no fault of his own, he's, you know, has a darker skin. Mm-hmm. They are experiencing this prejudice and this very, very closed-mindedness. And it was just that little insightful statement that his friend made that got him to start thinking. Mm-hmm. And within a period of months, he had come around and realized, hey, I'm going to change my position and what mm-hmm. I think about that. And so that's just another example of like these little insightful things that people can, can oh, say. Absolutely. I mean, that those, like I said, those moments, you ask a, a very, you give feedback in a poignant way based upon information that you're hearing from the person, mm-hmm. you know? Or an open-ended question, mm-hmm. you know, as you're listening to their story and you ask about this, wow, you know, like, did you ever, at that moment, did it feel like it was, you, know, you were felt with disrespect or, you know, you know, well, yeah, I did. I did feel really disrespected and say, yeah, mm-hmm. and that, you know, and so, and then it could be a lead in like what you just said is like, yeah, you know, well, other people, you know, have those moments too, you know, where they feel that. You know, and, um, and yeah, that's how you get change is a lot of times it's that, that nugget that gets planted, that little seed, you know, and and then it starts to germinate and to move into, and and that's the whole thing is, is that, you know, wherever I can get connection with you, then maybe we can get some movement. But if I want to be right and I want to come at you that way, Mm -hmm. um, and if you're in a closed system, Good luck. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I just in terms of taking this to another place and that I know that we hadn't talked about this before, and, but I often think about this in terms of talking about women's rights to their own body. You know, a woman has a right to her own body and what's going on right now in terms of oh, the changes that are happening with Roe versus Wade and whatnot. And the thing I can never get over is that it really is a woman's right. It is her body. She should make up her own mind. And I just think to myself how frustrating it is for us, each and every one of us as people, not to have autonomy, to have someone telling us what to do, 
particularly when it's our own body. And I would have I would have expected by now that people would say, yeah, I may not agree with it, but it isn't my body. Mm-hmm. And that person has a right to do whatever they want. Right. So this is, I don't know, I just think this is another application in which you have a closed system or a closed belief system, if you will, and it ends up, you know, constricting a lot of uh, personal freedom. Yeah, well, you're you're bringing up one that's obviously been going on for a long time about a woman's right to her own body, and you know, and listening to people that are anti-abortion because usually that's where it gets down to. But there's so much more about what it means right to your own body. But mm-hmm. but that's the flashpoint, if you will. Mm-hmm. The um, you almost have almost two closed systems because you the the system from a woman has a right to her own body, boom, end of story, what that means, you know, and you need to get on board with that. Well, the clash, I hear it, is on the other hand is, yeah, well, around this thing when you get pregnant, you know, and um, and there's a, and now we, we believe that life happens at, you know, penetration, <laughs> I don't know, but, you know, wherever that starts, okay. Um, so, what you have is you have t- two things banging on each other, but they're actually there's there's some difference in them, you know. In other words, we're not. If I'm in the anti-abortion camp, all I'm focused on is inception of life, and you're taking a life. On the other hand, a woman's right to her own she body, is which isn't just about getting pregnant; it's mm-hmm. about a all of it, mm-hmm. right, um, is uh, they're, they're coming from that. And, uh, and that includes, if I get pregnant, my, you know, my choice around my body and stuff. And so what you have is the anti-abortion people aren't hearing that larger message of, you know, this is a woman's body. She has the right, you know, the right to choose what she wants to do with it they're zeroing in on one part of what happens to a woman's body if she gets mm-hmm. pregnant, mm-hmm. okay? And the issue for them is you're taking a life, okay? And and see, from there, it gets bizarre because what's the pushback? Um, oh, well, um, having a gun and shooting people and stuff like that. You know, you feel it's okay to have a gun and you can shoot people. Well, you're taking a life there, you know, you know, and so then on and on it goes, right? So you, you have to have, be able to first, I always ask people when you see this really staunch stuff, this is like a great question to ask people to maybe get unstuck is to say, can I ask you what you're hearing when I bring this up? And then it clears it all up because if you tell me I'm talking about my right as a woman to choose what I want to do with my body, that's all, you know, it's everything. It's all inclusive. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's your intention in saying that to me, right? Um, but then I'm just jumping down your throat. Like, why you don't have a, you, you can't terminate a life, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now, if you hear that from me, you might say, can I ask you something, Tom? Um, what did you hear when I said that, you know, right I, to choose, yeah. yeah, the right to choose what I want to do with my body. 
oh, you're trying to, you're just trying to have an abortion. You want to just be able to have an abortion. You know, that's all you want. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's what you're hearing when I say that, you know, I have the right to my body and make decisions about it. Oh, okay. Um, would you like to hear what I mean by that? You know, about the right to my body and stuff? Because it's not just about having abortions. Mm-hmm. It's, you know? yeah, definitely about more than that, yeah. You know, and, you know, and then, so l- let me flesh that out a little bit more. And, and so it's always checking out, like, what is somebody listening? And see, the thing is, is, is that now we can go back to labels. So you're going to, you're going to be a woman and tell me you want choice and I'm an ant, you know, anti-abortionist and stuff. I've already prejudged you before you open your mouth. Mm-hmm. You just said this is about a woman's right to her body about, you know, all things, right? Mm-hmm. All I'm hearing is you want an abortion. Yeah. I, hear I go into the conversation before you even open your mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, on the other hand, okay. Oh, I'm sitting with an anti-abortionist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are you going into the conversation with? You know, really? like, oh yeah, I know what I'm going to hear here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, um, God, you know, what's wrong with you? Da, 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 da. You know, how can you not see that, you know, women, da, 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 you know, those thoughts are already in your head before you even open your mouth. So even if you reversed it and let them talk first, you're going to kind of go, Jesus Christ, you know. Just, no, I'd uh, be doing like, oh, remember, I'll get my opportunity to talk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Experience some empathy and whatnot. So, so yeah, these these are the things that, you know. That you've got to take into consideration. In yeah, and, and they're, system. yep, they are, they can be closed system moments and you can have it on either side. Either side can be closed, mm-hmm. you know. So it sounds like the strategy here is to try to find commonality mm-hmm. within a closed system. And did you want to talk about um, an article that you had read, the one in the San Jose Mercury News about Megan Rapino? Because you, you had listed this or talked to me about <sighs> um, earlier about um, this was a finding commonality, an example of that. Right. I, I just the uh, paper kind of... Yeah, not to get into a whole lot of it, but, um, you know, she's uh, she grew up in... I don't know if she was born there, but she clearly grew up there as a child in, in Redding, California, the community of Redding. And, um, and in the article, I didn't read every part of it, but just I was listening to some of the... They were interviewing different people up there. And I'm sort of paraphrasing the gist of it is they were in a kind of a conflict because she's a homegrown girl, a woman, I should say, from Reading, and they were, wow, look at her, you know, um, Women's World Cup, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, we're proud of that she's a you know, woman from, from Reading. And she even takes pride in being from Reading herself. And she also has her political beliefs and her lifestyle and came out as a gay woman some years back and, and then uh, uh, was in support of um, Colin Kaepernick when he came out and recently you know, made a statement about not, you know, if they win, whatever, not accepting an invitation to the White House. Um, well, many people in the community of Reading um, and they proudly claim to be a very conservative town, um, you know, 
uh, didn't like that uh, she expressed any of that stuff. Um, these weren't their words, but it was uh, sort of a form of, hey, girl, go play and win, and we're proud as hell of you, but you know, keep your mouth shut about you know, anything that you believe politically you know, because we're not in line with you about that, you know. Um, and so you you have an example, you know, it's kind of crude in a way, but just that, uh, okay, we, we, we can accept you on some level, meaning that, um, you know, because we take pride in that you're from the Reading area. However, um, we don't, buy into anything else about you, about what you believe, or maybe even a lifestyle. Well, no, it's, not, it's not even a choice, but you're, you're a gay woman, you know, I guess I just, just say that. Um, and so um, they're holding the space of, uh, we can accept you here. We, we can, we have some commonality with you here around you being a, you know, already yeah. resident yeah yeah and uh and no not about the rest of this you know and stuff and she doesn't disown reading in it she's you know she claims that ownership in the community of reading you know she doesn't even though she knows what many of them think about her mm-hmm. beliefs politics if you will and what have you and stuff and so so there's a connection yeah. even though there's and who knows, you know, because uh, I think in the article too is, is that they're, you know, a lot of the young girls and stuff, uh, they're wearing her number and have. And so they, you know, um, they're not, you know, saying she's, you know, persona non grata, you know, in Reading. And so there's some, and you and I were talking earlier, sometimes that, that, that nugget, that seed planting, mm-hmm. well, this may be it. And it I just, think so. you know, I think so. <laughs> I agree with you on that. You know, so anyway. Well, we'll be sure to put a link to this mm-hmm. article so that people can take a look at it and maybe make their own comments or about that or draw yeah. their own conclusions yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. So we've talked about the challenge of dealing with people who operate within a closed system. Thank you for explaining that. Mm-hmm. And thank you for the strategies in terms of how to communicate with someone like that. Sounds like this is a good place to end. What do you mm-hmm. think? Oh, yeah. 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 Let's close this off. Right? Yeah, let's close <laughs> this off. But, you know, stuff, thoughts about next week? Anything you might want to talk about or leave uh, people to think about? Or? Uh, nothing immediately comes to mind. I, usually part of my process is reviewing the podcast and then hearing it and then some other things kind of bubble out of that about, you know. Okay. You know um, I think that uh, this is a lot what we covered today, uh, and it's and hopefully our listeners will agree. It, yeah, yeah, and I think we did kind of the the micro macro link with this. I think we might have. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's, yeah. I'm I'm a tough judge. What can I say? <laughs> well, thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, uh, I guess I will talk to you next week. Okay. Okay, Bye. and by the way, by the way. USA one two zero. I couldn't help it. I had oh. to look. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you mu- you multitask? Why word? You didn't give me you, my full attention. Uh, no, I didn't. What can I <laughs> say? God, it's horrible. I, I, I was horrible. I'm out. I'm dropping the mic. Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Yeah.